This is the Wesson Walker Show. Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, I, 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 I think if I come back, I can win another MVP. No, you can't. It's Wes. I, I, I can't. I don't want to do the dunk. I don't want to play an all-star game. The season's too long. Get out of here, Zion. Get back on the court. And Walker. But somebody said I looked like Kyle Singler one time, and I wanted to fight him. No, 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 don't point. Don't point. Don't Walker, point. Walker Filipowski. No. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. I still need to learn swimming lessons. <laughs> oh, judge me. Gets you ready for Monday Night Football. I don't know what does. It's Wesson Walker, the 2 o'clock hour, Sports Radio 92.7. Is that the best theme song ever for sports? WFNZ. This, we've done this before. I think we even had this on Have the Fitty's Favorites list. For sports? Yeah, I don't think it's the best. We did that? I know I did I my so. favorite. I know I know. I ranked my favorite intros. It wasn't my favorite. Did it make top it's five? Up there. I I would I don't know because I really love Sunday Night Football's theme. I love the NFL Networks. I mean, March Madness is my goat, and then even the NBA on NBC is probably number two. That's, Round Ball Rock. Most people will say that is number one. Round yeah. Ball Rock. Yeah, I, I love that. Too. I think most people would go with that being number one. When there's a whole story done on how they came up with the actual intro, then it's going to be really hard to top that theme song. Monday Night Football, though, it's got to be up there, man. It's got to be one, two, three, somewhere in there, because that's one of the most recognizable. Like, I define about if I hear the first couple of notes do i know what that is mm-hmm. if i hit dun dun like you know. i know okay it's it's monday night yeah it'll tell you what day of the week it is sunday night football it. is dope i love that one but it's so new though it's kind of new all right you know what else is new what's up a monday night football theme that they got cooked up for us why don't you hit us fitty let's talk about it in the live wire coming up right now live wires on the team connect get respect for their realness i know you feel this yeah, Walker, you know, I I played that theme song because it is Monday Night Football, Panthers and Saints, 715 on ESPN. But also, Adam Schefter, earlier this morning, he tweeted out the new Monday Night Football theme that is going to debut tonight. And here's what it sounds like. Is that Phil Collins? That's the Phil Collins vehicle being done by Chris Stapleton, a country artist that even Walker Gunderson Mayo does acknowledge and respect. Uh, as a lover of Phil Collins' music, uh, yeah. But nah, if you man. love Phil Collins' music, then you love that song. I do, but the way he sang it, though, that wasn't... Snoop Dogg's going to be in it as well. He's supposed to make <laughs> yeah. an appearance at no, some point. Of course, because why Snoop not? is in everything. Because why so not? He's going to rap on it, I'm guessing. <sighs> yeah, nah, that, that's not doing it for me, man. That, that's not that's not cutting it. <laughs> I, need, I need more information on this, to be honest with you, Fiddy. I hope you can help me out. Are we going to hear that every single week? Oh, 
my life. I, yeah. <laughs> he sounded like somebody stomped on his toe, right, when he was getting ready to hit that note. Mm-hmm. Look, I love Chris Stapleton. That song is a is a fantastic song. That's worse. Remember when they ditched like the actual like open and they just had the dude narrating the Monday Night Football matchup mm-hmm. like in 2011? This is worse. That's one of the worst things. This is why ESPN <laughs> does not need to be involved with football. Because after Al Michaels and John Madden left ABC, it's just been a big old fart for the last yeah. decade, decade and a half. I, you know, when I hear, I, I just always wonder. I, I, I just think about the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Who's sitting in on these meetings for different things? And you're like, all right, this is this is our. it wasn't the worst thing I've ever heard. But it's like, man, that's a classic. And when he was trying to hit some of those notes, he sounded like he was in pain. <laughs> and uh, I just wonder who okayed mm. this. Like, I, I'm not feeling it. OK, uh, I can't lie to the old Hank Williams. Is, whew, that was fantastic. Fire. Hear that's me out, Wes. Right there, what is worse, the new Monday Night Football theme that's going to debut tonight or the new version of uh, the college game day open? Because the new college game day That open, has Darius Rucker, right? It's got Darius Rucker. I think Lainey Wilson's in it. We know why she's in it. But the, <laughs> the song itself. Nope. Anything Darius Rucker's in is going to be a no-go for me, man. Yeah. Listen, Ooh. I know I might set the text line ablaze, but uh, Darius Rucker gets I mean, not a lot of love over here musically. They laid off a third of their employees to give us this crap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pat McAfee. This is what it was. This is what they came <laughs> up with. That was good. Well, the other thing is I've been getting drum on the research over here to help us out. And when <laughs> you're you- talking about, you know, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. And we talk about Phil Collins singing that song, what it's about. I think... It's either about saving another man from drowning, Mm -hmm. and also Phil Collins apparently in an interview one time admitted that that was about him going through a divorce. Nothing gets me pumped up more for football than drowning people and divorcing people. So you think that's not a good song for football? I mean, it's just like, I know the beat is just one of those classics. It's not necessarily what you think it's about. No doubt, no doubt. So it's like, for me, if you want to go in even a little bit deeper with this song, it's like, okay, yeah, but I mean, no, it's it's fine. Did but you, it's, it's like the, you know, YMCA. Did you ever see the piece <laughs> NFL did about that as to how many players love that song and what it means to a lot of players and stuff? It was pretty cool. All right, so maybe that's why but they no, chose I, it. I'm with it, though, listening to that before game. But see, to me, you can't do that song without the intro. And I know the intro is very long, but that's the part that gets you hyped up for, especially when you get ready to play a game. You listen to that intro, and then when the beat hits, you get lit. Mm-hmm. You can't just come straight straight into feel it in the air. You can't just come straight into the dun 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 dun. No, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do that. You got to give me the intro. Yeah, Phil Collins said, I wrote it after my wife left me. Genesis had done a tour that was far too long. She said to me, we won't be together if you do the next tour. I said, I'm a musician. I have to go away and play. Bye, baby. Just hold your breath when I'm over there. Then Genesis toured Japan. When I got back, she said she was leaving and taking the kids. And Dang. that's how you get a hit song right there. Baby, come back, bring the kids. Stop playing with me. Yeah. Or just let me write an iconic song that ends up being a Monday Night Football theme. You know, good play. It's Phil a Collins. bomb. Uh, Fiddy asked why Lainey Wilson was in it. I mean, I can't. I have to admit, she, she can really sing, man. So Yeah, she can. You might want to go. Okay. Uh, type that in on the text line. <laughs> you want to move on? Yeah, we can. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about Deuce McAllister. Let's move back to New Orleans and Carolina. Deuce McAllister, former Saints running back, one of the guys I hated the, the, when I was a young Panther fan. He joined the Kyle Bailey Show on Friday to tell us the difference between Dennis Allen and former punchable face Saints head coach Sean Payton. 
Well, I think D.A. is a lot more relaxed. He is a lot more relaxed. You know, he's a lot more whom he was. And, you know, I don't think that he has that pressure of, uh, oh, Sean Payton's not here, Sean Payton's not here. How are you going to go about? You know, he's just going about and being himself. And you see a lot more relaxed coach, a guy that's always been fiery. You know, and at times maybe he didn't show it. And so people kind of questioned, did he have the passion for it? Uh, And you kind of tell him, uh, yeah, he's got the passion. You know, and I think that people see it a lot more. What do you make of that comment there, Wes? Well, for one, um, let me just say salute to Deuce McAllister. I ran him all the way to a Super Bowl on Madden 05 when I traded for him on the New York Jets. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I like what he said. I mean, that can have a difference in the locker room. Maybe he learned from his first go-round uh, coaching the Raiders. But as far as just the temperament, I think that that definitely plays well with pros when you have more of a laid-back uh, type of style as long as they have your respect then i think you'll get good results so i think that could be something that works for them we'll see what he does because he's finally got a, an adequate quarterback let walker mail tell it probably below average but he's no, got a quarterback is the exact that he feels use. like that he could win with and so uh we'll see if his coaching chops come through and new orleans has the type of season many people think that they that they can. And let's not forget, like Dennis Allen was the orchestrator of what has been a very good defense the last couple of seasons. It's his decision making as a head coach that has not worked out for him now in what I would say are multiple stops. Here with the Saints last year, we saw that team not get to the postseason. And what we're talking about with his Raiders stint, that was obviously very bad. Although, again, here we are talking about the Raiders not being a great organization. So we'll see what Dennis Allen can do this season when there are expectations. With this division, despite a couple teams going 2-0, it's still there for the taking with that talented, laden roster wherever you go, there's a lot of talent and then we'll see if Derek Carr can be that guy to get them over the hump and Dennis Allen's got a lot of pressure, no doubt about it Brian Burns, Fitty, what you got on Brian Burns? Yeah, let's move quick because I got two more pieces of audio I want to play for you guys more vehicles. We've been talking about uh, Brian Burns and the contract because he hasn't been paid by GM Scott Fitterer just yet and he addressed why the contract track talks while they've come to a stalemate i would probably say it's on hold um you know we haven't really been in talks um because i already told him like once the season starts like i'm all about ball um you know because i can't give my i can't give a thousand percent on the field and to my teammates if i'm still worried about you know contract negotiations and whatnot um and i feel like i owe that to them you know to be a hundred percent thousand percent bought in at all times because at any point uh you know something bad can happen so I wonder if this is just going to be something he allows his agent to take care of and like, all right, Carolina, they want to talk again. They want to get a little bit closer to our asking price. And if the agent finds it worthwhile to actually go back to the table and listen to their offer, I guess something could get done. I've never really understood both parties deciding to end talks completely when the football season starts. I still think there could be some kind of open channel for communication. But if Brian Burns is saying no, and we've seen GMs and the actual teams talk about how they'll shut down those kind of negotiations when the season starts, then it's going to be really hard to get something done before uh, all is said and done in 2023. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh I think there's slight cap in there because I think if the Panthers came with the right number, he would definitely be open open to taking that and, and signing a deal. But other than that, I mean, this is where we're at. I wish they would have gotten something done. I think Carolina cost themselves more money by not getting something done. But um, 
They're on hold, so they're on hold. All right, last sound bite real quickly. Let's get to it, Finn. All right, we got to get to Aaron Rodgers. You know, he suffered the torn Achilles. The football world really mourned the loss of one of the greatest quarterbacks the game has Did ever we? seen. And he is attacking his rehab very aggressively, including potentially losing to the sounds of whales mating mm. to help his rehab process. And if you think I'm lying, he told Pat McAfee and the guys on Friday. There's uh, ideas that some of the noises from the dolphins when they love making oh, dolphins, uh, <laughs> the frequency of that is actually healing to the body. Right. So, oh. I'm, uh, so I you're just, you're just sticking that, that Achilles up, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on your back porch. Just go ahead and hump your way and uh, yep. whistling into yep. my Achilles getting healed. That's Proceed. Go <laughs> Walker, we got to ask. You're the fish guy. What do you know about mm. dolphins lovemaking and the sounds that they make? Well, those are mammals. I will tell you that. They're not fish. I just want to be technical about that. Well, actually, that's what I wanted to tell you about the dolphins not being fish. Uh, I believe Aaron Rodgers is doing this because of how crazy he is. 100%. Aaron Rodgers rehab. I'm sure he's finding somebody. You know how you'll find a second opinion from a doctor? I'm sure he found whether it be the 17th, 18th, 37th opinion, but he kept on going until he saw somebody that validated, yes, listening to dolphins mating while smoking ayahuasca or drinking ayahuasca, I think that is the way that this Achilles is going to be healed up in time for you to come back for the postseason. Yeah, man. I mean, what What else can we get from this guy? Utter BS. From that is Aaron commitment, West, to getting back on the field. Did you see how uh, Zach Wilson looked yesterday? I did, but when you talk about smoking that ayahuasca and all oh, that nonsense, which is another reason I don't like him because he's getting away with something a lot of other players we know that don't have the same complexion would not be able to get away with. But, however, he just says mm. wild, zany stuff. It just sounds super stupid. That's not going to help you. I don't none of that mumbo-jumbo he's talking Good riddance. Get out of here. Get him out of here. All right. That'll do it. That'll be the end of us talking about mating rituals between mammals out there in the animal kingdom. Coming up next, we'll get, yeah, it will. We're not talking about it anymore unless you bring something up, which I would not put past you. More college football. It's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Welcome back, folks. Always grinding. Word to the Clips. Word to Pharrell on a Panthers Monday. Big game tonight with the New Orleans Saints. Hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on those social medias, mainly at Wesson Walker on Twitter, at WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Walker Mail, at West Bryan underscore 72, and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that follow button. Getting back into the college football talk from Saturday. Lots of happenings, but we're going to start this particular segment off talking about a topic that we've been kind of sort of dabbling with when we talk about the North Carolina Tar Heels and Drake May. And when we look at their season right now, 3-0, ranked in the top 25, South Carolina win on their resume, Appalachian State win on their resume, and now they take care of Minnesota. Team coming in that had a pretty good defense, not quite so much on offense. Drake May throws two interceptions, but he goes over 400 yards. And the interceptions and, and some of the inconsistencies with North Carolina, 
when you talk about what we've seen from them so far? Is this something that's going to come back to bite them? And here are a few things for you. As I said, he was 29 of 40, 414 yards, two touchdowns, was Drake May. He completed uh, a season-high 29 completions, tied his third most completions in a game in his career. He's the only Tar Heel quarterback to start a season completing 20 or more passes in three straight games. And North Carolina, they do play really well when he plays well. They're 7-1 and one when he passes for over 300 yards. They had 519 yards as a team. Second game in a row, the Tar Heels gained 500 or more yards. And so when you look at this North Carolina squad, Drake made the interceptions. You look at what North Carolina has on the horizon from a scheduling standpoint. And so do you feel like that this could be something – that could end up hurting the Tar Heels in the long run because Drake May, in the eyes of some, is not looking quite like the clear-cut Heisman Trophy candidate that we thought that he was going to be with just gaudy numbers because when you look at this kid, over the last seven games that he's had, he's 11 total touchdowns to eight interceptions. That's not the ratio that you want to see. And so South Carolina, we know they're one-dimensional throwing football team, offensive line, and disarray. App State, I feel like, is a, is a quality opponent for them, and they got to the end double overtime. Minnesota offensively inept. They're at Pittsburgh, another offensively inept team. But then you go Syracuse-Miami, uh, two of the more offensively inclined teams in the league. Are we still okay with Drake May's interceptions, or do the Tar Heels have a problem that could come back and hurt them down the road? Oh, yeah, I mean, I I – I'm not worried about Drake May long term or even over the course of this season. But yes, I'm definitely these two interceptions. They were ugly against Minnesota. He's he has four interceptions. There were two against South Carolina. There were two in this game against Minnesota. I think the two against South Carolina weren't particularly worrisome to me because there was one that was a tipped pass. So not on Drake May. And the other one was on Drake May. But it felt like a normal interception trying to force something and it wasn't a good throw, but still the defense had to make a decent play on it. These two were ugly. Okay. All the Clemson fans that were mad at me for pointing out what Deshaun Watson did in week one, Cade Klubnick, just throwing it right to guys for their turnovers. Hey man, Drake may did the same thing in that second one. Drake may was about to get tackled for a loss about to get sacked. He panicked. And he decided to get rid of the football as soon as he possibly could. And he threw it right to a golden gopher. So you have that problem. And then it felt like on the first interception, Wes, he didn't put enough on it to throw to the guy in the secondary. And then there was too much on it, just throwing on the underneath route. And he threw it right to a golden gopher again. They're bad interceptions. No question about it. But also Drake May, we can't ignore the really talented passes downfield. I mean, what Drake May did on third and 11s, on third and 12s, Fiddy, I know that you posted and sent us in the group chat, the Bryant St. Ives, a way to worthy account on Twitter, how Drake May is just killing it on third down this year. There was one third down pass that was dropped where they're still attacking downfield on those situations, and he put it on a dime to green, streaming down the right side of the line, and he threw for over 400 yards. His completion percentage right now is second in the ACC. His total yardage after going over 400, it's second in the ACC. The touchdown to interception ratio, it's not good. And you're right, Wes. If he continues to have those type of ugly turnovers, it could absolutely hurt them when they're going against a team worth their salt. 
when you're actually going against a team that could compete in the ACC. But if you're asking if I think that he's going to struggle like this the rest of the year, if I think he's anything other than a top three QB in the nation, if we want to bring Shador Sanders here, no, the answer is no to that. I do expect him to clean these problems up. If they do continue to on an every other game basis, then yeah, that could end up being a loss for them against a team like Miami or whoever. On the text line, Jack says that Drake hasn't looked good, but the fact we can win without him carrying us is a plus in my book. Fiddy, do you agree with that sentiment? It was good enough in it was good enough in the non conference. And I think look, a thirty one thirteen win over uh, a Big Ten school, I, I think is something to say. Because I don't think if he throws two picks a year ago, Carolina wins the game as comfortably. But if Miami is as improved as they have appeared to look so far this year, remember they, they, they thumped Texas A&M. Um, you, you talk up Syracuse. If Carolina loses to Syracuse, someone should be getting fired. We, Duke's beating Clemson. That's going to be a tough game to win even in your own building. You've got to go to Clemson. You've got to go to NC State. I don't know if they can overcome those types of mistakes in those games um, because they're not as talented across the board as they were a year ago. And I don't think they're as deep in the receiver room as they were a year ago. So I, I think it's a weird conundrum because there are a lot of numbers to say he hasn't quote unquote regressed or lived up to the hype, but it just looks different. He doesn't look as explosive and as dynamic as he was when they were nine and one a year ago. So, Fiddy, I would ask you, though, you definitely have a lot of smoke for Syracuse, but uh, right now, currently in ACC, they're the number one scoring team in the league at 49 points per game. Who they play? And they're also fourth in the league in total defense. So, uh, I'm not sure they're 3-0 and for the second consecutive season. Yes, they did fall off uh, over the second half of last season, but Garrett Schrader's still there. Most of that defense from last year is still there. Yes, the wins aren't sterling by any means. They've beaten Colgate, Western Michigan, and Purdue. But still, this is still a very offensively potent squad. And defensively, they are solid again, just like they were last season. So I don't know if I would say that's a fireable loss, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, look, if if North Carolina football (laughs) with Drake May, who's still with all the quote-unquote issues we're talking about right here, is still the best quarterback in this conference. Lose a home game to Syracuse. Someone needs to answer for it because it's it's Syracuse. Okay. I mean, they've been to a bowl game each of the last few seasons, man. This bowl ain't no pushover. Right, but th- that still means you're a winning program. This is not a team that comes into your building and you're just like, oh, this is an easy W. No, you got to play some football. Like Garrett Schrader. With that defense that y'all have had that's kind of looked a little bit like what you had last year, starting to come back to the means a little bit, you got to deal with Garrett Schrader and that offense. They are potent, even if they are uh, struggling, so to speak, during the season as far as wins and losses. This is still a team offensively that's going to present a challenge, and defensively, uh, they're pretty solid. So I just wondered what you thought. But, yeah, you definitely have a lot of smoke for Syracuse and could be setting yourself up. Uh, you know, for a little bit of crow to eat if uh, the orange can come through and uh, squeeze you. All right, last, yeah, you were, I could see the wheels turning in your head. I could see it, yeah. You were about to go all the way, yeah, from uh, concentrate, and uh, yeah, you were about to bring all the orange juice-related words to the table. I did want to say this. Man, the Drake, even with you, Fiddy, I don't, I just don't see, to the extent that you guys do, the stuff that y'all are seeing with Drake May. I, the turnovers are bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially those two, even specifically in this game against Minnesota. But man, 
Also, dimes. I And they're not just layups. They're not just, you know, even open guys running 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. Man, the dude threw for over 400 yards, and he had a couple bad interceptions. Like, I, I want that to be here. I, I don't want to just completely dodge that. I'm admitting those things could allow Carolina to lose a game if you're dealing with a formidable offense on the other side. And they weren't with Minnesota. It's a bad offense. But as far as just how Drake May looks, man, over 400 yards, still a lot. And he's still putting it on the money when you're talking about third downs, big time winning plays for a quarterback. And you're discussing those guys being draped in coverage in some of them, like they were, especially in this game. And here's the other excuse. Man, we're talking about a different offensive coordinator and they have pounded the table that they're going to chose that he helped for sure. But they're dog, but it's still a different offensive coordinator that you're still learning a new system and it's three games in. They're running the football a lot more. So when we're talking about just the amount of yards, which by the way, even after week three, he's second in the ACC. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about the amount of yards not being there like it was last year consistently, you know, Marion Hampton just ran for 230 yards in the second game. Why in the world would you want to take it out of the guy's hands who's running all over the yard? And that's the deepest position, right? I just think for me, what I'm still seeing from Drake, especially winning time, especially if you want to bring in what you saw last year, I'm not. I just, I'm just not worried about him. Yeah. What do you say to my last seven game stats? And he's seventh in the ACC in pass efficiency rate. So you bring up pass efficiency, right? Like I know mm-hmm. you're also a big completion percentage guy. You bring mm-hmm. that up. The guy's second in the ACC. He's completing 73 percent of his passes right now. Right. And he's throwing downfield. With four touchdowns and four picks. Yeah. I'm just pushing back every time you say, I just want to bring some, you know, things to the table. But no, I, yes, he's he's got two really bad interceptions. Uh-huh. I'm just, I'm just not worried about that happening. Like, do you want to believe what you've seen from Drake May this year and even the last quarter of last season? Or do you want to believe the entire body of work? And like, even then, they needed a drive mm-hmm. at the end of that App State game to set them up for a game-winning field goal. And Drake May delivered in every single step. He did. And against Georgia Tech, the first loss that had all of this unravel, Drake May was a Josh Downs drop away from beating Georgia Tech. In the bowl game, Drake May threw for three touchdowns, not a great completion percentage, but also didn't have any interceptions. Like, to me, it's just not something to the point where, like, look, and we can go, we can even bring a Derek Carr situation in, right? Like, I know we've talked about him. Well, look. Derek Carr's thrown an interception in six straight games. He was the worst red zone quarterback last year. Like when we're talking about Derek Carr, I still think he's a better quarterback than what's that showing. But in three games that we've seen, especially this last one, the dude threw two bad picks and every other play was pretty damn impressive. I'm just not worried about it happening long term. Yeah, I mean, I guess like from my standpoint for this year, I've been in the stadium all three games. So maybe you see you're seeing it different because I'm seeing yeah. it from, you know, a bird's eye view or whatever. I don't know if it's hard to say the processing isn't there because he was 29 of 40, and, and he dissected that defense the other day. There were some throws that were there to be made that I don't know if he's just not confident in his guys to make. There was a couple of corner routes that came up, and we're like, I'm sitting there thinking, he's the number two quarterback prospect in the draft. I expect him to make the pull the trigger and make that throw. Yeah, yeah that's that's like plus another thing is Minnesota's defense is real. It is, and 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 I think with Drake May. If he's completing 73% of his passes downfield too, where the average depth per target is pretty big compared like third and 11, third and 12, he's picking that up and he's got a 73% completion percentage. If we want more, we're asking him to be perfect. 
right? Like we're asking him to be great. Well, and he and he, I think he was, but we're asking him to be perfect. The, look, the, the turnovers were bad, though, no doubt about it. Threw it right to him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get your completion percentage argument. I do like that a lot. That's why I like going to pass efficiency as well. Uh, I just feel like that is it's not quite looking how it should. But also, too, if I want to attribute that to anything to give him credit, I feel like maybe at times because the weapons aren't where he wants them to be, I think at times he may be trying to do a little bit too much. Oh, I agree with if that. If I was to say that. Now, oh, that, he that, that That's an argument that I could – I could make for him. Oh, the the second interception was egregious. Uh, both of them were bad, but the second one, he starts to go down. He's like, bleep, I got to get rid of this football, and I don't care who it goes to. There wasn't a receiver in the area. That That's the thing that you want. If you get rid of the, oh my God, what in the hell are you doing plays? Everything else looks like top one. Hell, I'm not saying he's better than Caleb Williams, but it looks like most drafts, top overall quarterback type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But those throws... Those are bad enough to bring him down to a point where it's like, hey, man, everybody just chill out. Now, PFF makes a good argument for you uh, in some ways because his passer grade is still 16th in uh, all of college football at 89 and a half. Would you guess who is number one with a grade of 93.3? Who's number one? Shador Sanders. Well, Shador is money. (laughs) Shador is looking just absolutely All right, so moving on. This was great banter, and this always provides great stuff talking about Drake May. But moving on to that defense. Uh, with two sacks and three tackles for loss in the last two weeks, and Fiddy, I will start with you, we're up against it. But is UNC's defense kind of returning to the defenses of the past? Are you getting a little leery of the defense and the direction that they're going? No, because they haven't they haven't broken yet, right? Like, you haven't given up 30 points or more in a game in regulation. The 34 to half was in a double overtime game. Um, and like I said, with, with Drake's interceptions, like last year with the two picks that he threw in Saturday's game, they're giving up more than three points off of them. They only gave up three points, and so I think you're seeing what this defense is designed to be. They're going to give up. They're going to give up yards, but they're not going to give up the back-breaking plays. That's that you know that that's Gene Chizik's mo. And so right now, I'd say no. They need to get more consistent pressure up front, um, and I want them to force more terms than what they're doing. But this type of defensive recipe could get them back to Charlotte. Yeah, I think the defense, it's not nearly as bad as what it was last year. If you're asking, hey, is this going to be a defense that consistently shows up like it did against South Carolina? No, we're seeing how bad that offensive line is for South Carolina. Something I was worried about in week one, not very good. Carolina took advantage of it. I will say against Minnesota's offense, which also, if we want to go with context, not good. Okay, Minnesota's offense, not a good unit. But those interceptions were pressure laden. Like it was because of those guys getting in the face of the QB and providing uh, an opportunity for the defensive back to take care of those turnovers. So I, I do think Carolina's defense is going to be better this season, partly because it's a low bar from what you compare them to last year, and partly because I think it's legit. I do think that Carolina's defense is better than what they were last year. Um, Yeah, I think that the first game, they definitely feasted on South Carolina, but it's going to be something to watch for. In terms of total defense, it does speak to what Fiddy's saying. This is kind of bend, don't break. They're in the bottom four in the league in total defense when you talk about yards allowed. But then scoring defense, they're more kind of in the middle giving up 21 points per game and so we had some other topics but we're going to get to all this stuff all week great college football conversation as always fitty last flash of the day let's get it fitty
going to keep it with the college football. Some quarterback news coming out of Alabama. After a lackluster and really a lifeless 17-3 win over the South Florida Bulls, uh, Jalen Milrow is back as Alabama starting quarterback for their SEC opener this week against Ole Miss. A lot of people in the college football world didn't understand why he lost his starting job after the home loss to Texas and after last week's game, it's easy to see why he'll be back as the starter as the Tides start SEC play this weekend. That's the weirdest thing to me. I mean, Clemson being out of the top 25, I get it. You know, like, they don't have the type. It, it, it's weird to see. We asked that question about what's weirder, Alabama out of the top 10 or Clemson out of the top 25. To see Alabama falling as much as they are and to have that score with USF, what was it, 3-3 late in the third quarter? I... <sighs> I did not expect at all that we would see anything like that anytime soon. So Alabama falling this far, it's pretty damn surprising. And one of the more surprising stories of all of college football, even with the quarterback situation, not being nearly as good as what it was last year. Yeah, and I I think that, um, Lord, I just had a brain. My brain just completely died as I got ready to. It's all right. You were going in on North Carolina hatred on the text line, I think. I was. No, no, no. I knew what we were talking about. And as soon as I formulated the thought in my head, can you say it one more time? What what was the general topic? (laughs) It was uh, Alabama. Yes, Alabama. Jalen Milrow, man, that was one ugly game to watch. Alabama does not have a quarterback. Even at five-star, he looked a little bit dicey. And it was funny because on social media, I think either during the delay or post-game, Nick Saban was walking in the tunnel. His hair was standing all over his head. And people were like, yeah, Nick Saban's already done with this team. (laughs) Already their quarterback situation. But also, too, Walker, like we talked about with Clemson, their skill talent isn't what it's been. And it's kind of slowly digressed since uh, my boy that plays uh, Jamison Williams left. That wide receiving core isn't quite what it's been. But when we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, we close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker, final segment, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep it right here, by the way. You only have one hour of the Kyle Bailey Show. But don't worry, he's not going anywhere. It'll be Mac and Kyle, Panther pregame show from 4 to 7 p.m. And then you will see the kickoff between the Panthers and the Saints at Bank of America Stadium. And Kyle and Mac, they're both going to be at the Doghouse broadcasting from 4 to 7. And Kyle's going to be there actually from 3 to 7 just himself. So it will be a lot of fun listening to WFNZ Sports Radio 92.7 FM. We haven't officially given our picks yet. And I say that even if we've talked about how both of us were still trending towards picking the Panthers because of our preseason predictions. Wes, I know you've not been feeling great about it. You gotta tell the truth. <laughs> checking in, checking like, my I'm, temperature. Well, you know, I'm not feeling great about it either. And the entire text line is not feeling very good right. about it. So I'm going to give you this opportunity. If you want to, I know you went with the preseason prediction saying that Carolina would lose against Atlanta, then beat New Orleans. You and I agreed in that regard i had them losing to atlanta and then mm-hmm. had them beating new orleans in week two mm-hmm. feel like you've been inching closer and closer to panthers l land you want to go ahead and plant your flag right there and change your opinion well listen man <laughs> i've grown up in this town long long time 
And I know I've explained to you guys before, but maybe you need a refresher on my Queen City Magic theory. Oh, yes. 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 Queen City Magic. And so that means just stuff that happens in this town is just stuff that doesn't happen anywhere else. It's just always weird happenings, win games you got no business, lose games that you should win, just things of that nature. And so I say all that to say. I'm going to stick with my pick of the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Because this is the type of game that Carolina would win and teams in Charlotte win. Everything's looking bleak. Nobody thinks they got a chance. Everybody thinks they're trash. And then they come out tonight with the crowd rolling and they have a performance that has a lot of people uh, just thinking that this is going to be a, a a fantastic, fantastic season. They win a game that a lot of people think they have no business winning. That, folks, is Queen City Magic. I've seen it all my life from the Hornets, the Panthers, you name it. This is just the type of game for the Panthers to come out and look the part of NFC contender, and it may not last but they'll look like it tonight. Yeah, the NFL is crazy <laughs> because the NFL is often good enough reason to pick one team over another because crazy things happen in the yes. National Football League. And this could be our Queen City Magic moment, mm-hmm. the first one of Bryce Young's career. Do you agree with Wes's theory, Fitty? So I had the Panthers winning week one in Atlanta and winning week two against New Orleans. Week one didn't happen. Um the fix was in from the very beginning. They didn't want to allow a rookie to win in his first ever start. Mm-hmm. But week two, things are different. And maybe because I'm going to the game, I'm even more confident. Panthers Fitty might reemerge if the Panthers emerge victorious Uh-oh. from Bank of America Stadium about 10-15, 10-30 tonight. I've got the third winning, the first ever win of the Bryce Age. I'm going with Carolina, too. Play it again. I want to hear the roars over here. Okay. (laughs) Wesson Walker, clean sweep. Going with the Carolina Panthers. This is for everybody that got mad at a couple of people on this show for not picking the Panthers to win week one. So when everybody, you two bagel guy who has been saying I'm a homer big time, which some people like, some people don't. I'd picked against Carolina week one. I'm not going homer this time. I'm going real. Okay. Carolina wins week two against the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. I expect Bryce Young to air it out a little bit more. We talked about some of the prop bets that could hit. I expect Bryce Young to at least get 200 yards passing. It's a low bar. Yet the OU on FanDuel was set at 188.5, I believe, 189.5. So get to 200, get to 190 even, and you're good to go on the over there. I do wonder, too, like – New Orleans offense did not perform all that well against Tennessee. They did not. They had a big-time throw and catch from Derek Carr to Rashid Shaheed at the end of that game. And so that was winning time. Derek Carr took care of business. Had a bad throw in the red zone, though. So if there's not a big rushing attack, just like there wasn't against Tennessee, where they were averaging barely two and a half yards per carry. So you limit them on the run. And then you can get after the passer. Secondary is going to get dicey, especially with no J.C. Horn. Big old worry for sure. But if Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Justin Houston, if those guys can create some pressure against an offensive line that did not perform very well against Tennessee, I think that is a recipe in order to win this game. Create pressure on Derek Carr, stop the run, mitigate the problems that you have in the secondary because they struggled against Tennessee. There's a way. Like, it's not impossible, despite (laughs) what the text line is trying to tell us. Not a lot of optimism on the text line. When there's a walker, there's a way. Right? Forget Will. That's right. 
Yeah, I don't know who Will is, but it's not well, Wes and Will. You know, they say when there's a Will, there's a way. No, right? I was, I was yeah. just picking up right. on top That's of right. it. That's right. Yes, I like yeah. it. I was saying there's no Wes and Will show. Bleak it's Wes Will. and Walker. That's right. That's right. I feel good about it. I'll go 20 to 17. feel like it's a close game. Not going to oh, be a shootout. Oh, we scores, too? Yeah, let's do scores. 2017 Walker. I just threw it in there. Give me 24-17 Carolina. 704-980. Let's go. I'll go uh, 20 to 14. 704-980. Let's go. <laughs> He's ready, baby. Right. He's ready to be part of a winning drops. football team again. That's how we get you ready for the Panthers primetime game tonight. We'll be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3 to recap That's all right. of go it. Go get you a cheeseburger. We'll give you a first take Tuesday. Yes, and just as we started the show, Wes is going to bring you breaking news again. It's National <laughs> Cheeseburger Day. If you download the McDonald's app and just go check out on Google some of the specials out there in the world where you can get some cheap cheeseburgers. Wes wants to make sure that you know all about it. So enjoy your cheeseburgers. Enjoy your Monday night football game between the Panthers and the Saints. And also enjoy the Kyle Bailey show for one hour before it turns into Mac and Kyle on the Panthers pregame show. It's coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.